Nothing. And you're just coming by yourself? Yeah. Red light. Red Rider BB gun. It's that time. Yeah. We're back. Ah. You like that? I thought it was a little change in my pocket, <laughs> but it's not. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, we're going with the British version this time. Oasis. Oh, I see why you do. I, I, everything, all the music, there's a reason. So it, it, everything ties in, right? Got to be aware of your surrounding, of your guests. Kind of feed the machine, right? Yeah. Um, we're back. Another episode. The Soccer Dad Pod. Kicking it off with Oasis. Title of the song, Jared. Cigarettes and alcohol. Oh. You've heard of those things before. Those uh, Christmas wish list items? <laughs> no. <laughs> Dear Santa, no. I would like a carton of Marble Reds. <laughs> and a fifth of JMO. Um, we're back. Another episode. We're going to have a lot of fun today. Yeah, um, really excited about this one because it's going to, uh, number one, just a really killer dude. Uh, just extremely entertaining and he's got a brilliant background and his his stamp on so many things around town these days is is everywhere and we get to talk about that it's gonna be a lot of fun want to thank our hosts the maggie o'briens down here on market caddy corner cross street from city park mecca yeah i mean i think about that often like when we walk in here and you look out all the glass windows and you see the stadium. Like, how excited do you think Eddie and team here were <laughs> as, those, as those cranes were doing their thing? You know, the luck of the Irish, as they say, since we're at this Irish place. Was there a, uh, when that was announced, was there was this the end of the rainbow? <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, uh there was, a, there was a pot of gold that, that was delivered. <laughs> well, I feel like they've done a great job of harnessing that, too. Not just allowing it to happen, but also embracing what's going on with the soccer culture. I think they're they're not a soccer bar. And they're not... It's a sports bar. That they're it's a sports bar. sports bar. And I love it. They also have some pictures. I guess, Eddie, did he play at... That's a question that I would have to look into. I know he played because he's got a somebody in the family played at Umsol because there's think pictures it's, oh. of Umsol yeah. uh, history and their lore from earlier in life. But as we've continued well, to record here, I've I think I've gone through almost all the the menu, and um, I I haven't found anything I don't really like yet. So it's not like curry from Schlafly. no no <laughs> not like that. Uh, so thank you, Eddie and team over here, um, Maggie O'Brien's. As I mentioned in the last episode, too, we have a new partner, new friend of the show that's going to help spread the word, and we're going to make people a little bit more aware of what they do as well. And, and you know who they are. It's Explore STL. They are front and center of all things going on in the Lou and surrounding area um, and just really do their best and do an exceptional job of shining light on events and activities. Yeah. And they got a team that's out there. You know, it's, it's a tough sell to get people to travel to your marketplace and conventions and everything else, but they, you know, they're doing a brilliant job. And so in order to kind of welcome in this partnership was kicking around some ideas and uh, I tossed it out to you boys today. Love it. 
And we are going to kick off what is known as the Explore Trifecta. The Explore Trifecta, for those of you that are like, hmm, what is that? <laughs> well, let me tell you. <laughs> Here's what we're going to do. We're going to mention a neighborhood, random neighborhood around the city of St. Louis, and we're going to give you the trifecta. We're going to tell you where you should stay. We're going to suggest a restaurant to eat and why, and what you should do when you're in that area. So if you are local, well, then just consider it a reason to get out on a Saturday or Sunday staycation. But if you're listening from one of the other soccer markets around, and when you come in with your team for that next tournament, take notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, to me, when I think of fun, and I'm going to be in St. Louis, it's definitely a platform that I'll look at look at, and check out first because they have a lot of ideas. So we're going to go old school. We're going to go with arguably the oldest neighborhood in the STL, and that is Soulard, the island. Yep. So the three, the, the three areas that I mentioned is going to be where to stay, what to eat, and what to do. So we're going to do that in reverse. What to do was assigned to Zach Lewis. You're in Soulard, you're a local, or you're a tourist. What are you going to do in Soulard? So one of my favorite things to do, and this is not just a promo, it's true, is going to the Soulard Market. And they're open Wednesday from 8 a.m. to 4, all the way through Saturday, 8 a.m. to 4. And in the market are a ton of vendors with local goods. That can be soaps. It can be meat, which, by the way, before Thanksgiving, they had beaver and raccoon. (laughs) If you're looking for unique meats. (laughs) And they got the pelts. (laughs) they, They have that there. Flowers. We decorated our entire house for Thanksgiving with flowers, fresh cut flowers from... Soulard Market. Wow. Got all the trimmings for the the turkey that we made. Um, they have local sport apparel, city gear, Cardinals gear. But check that out. Oh, and they also have uh, a little bar so you can get one of the best Bloody Marys yep. in town. Yeah. Booze, booze, live music, yep. market, music, it's all fun that. place to go. Yep. Yeah. Jared, what are you doing? Where are you going you know, to You know, I'm going to my old stopping grounds. I'm going to uh, a beautiful Sonny McGurk's. Um, oh, yeah. This place... If you like Irish bars in America, this is a top get. Um, matter of fact, in Esquire magazine, it was it was it was voted best bar, one of the best bars in America. I believe. I mean, it, yeah. Complex City guy, number three best Irish pub in the U.S. I love a dinner there. Um, we'll talk about the patio. They have on the menu. They have a Gaelic steak, which is a eight ounce grilled filet mignon. Yukon mashed, green beans. We sound like a Yelp commercial. Cherry, veal, ajou. I mean, I'm telling hey, well, you let's, what. Let's, hold on. Let's just dumb this thing down. How about the patio? Patio. Well, the patio is like seven miles long. They just kept on buying the neighboring mm. property. It's it's pretty dope. It's a whole other world. But real quick for both of you guys. You walk into McGurk's, you get a pint of Guinness and a shot of Jameson, and you get a choice. You either get the Reuben, the burger, or the fish and chips. Reuben all day. Best Reuben in town. Reuben. Reuben for me, too. All right. I got it. Uh, now... Explore, trifecta, the third leg of this race, where to stay. Soulard's an old joint. There are not, Soulard's, uh, it's one of those things. You know how when you travel, you're always like, oh, I want to meet the locals. I want to do the local stuff. Well, Soulard's so into the local. There's not like a Hilton or a Hyatt in the middle of in Soulard. So what you have to do, probably the closest, best option so that you can kind of get around, just stay at Ballpark Village. It's right there. You got the Hilton right next door. Either one of those. Do that. And when you're on your way back, I call it North Soulard. Go to Game 6 Honky Tonk. Catch some uh, 
little country music and boots and everything else. So that's your Explore Trifecta of the day. Soulard, you're going to go to the market when you wake up. You're going to go to McGurk's for lunch and or dinner, and you're going to stay by the ballpark. Yeah, free Shift. transportation also from that ballpark to Soulard. True that. Uh, which brings us to, um, again, one of our favorite parts of the show. It's Pinnacle Point time, man. Chris and Bill, PinnacleLoans.com. Continue to support. Thank you, guys. A um, lot of things going on, news-wise, sports-wise, et cetera. Who wants to go first? I'll go. Um, I'm going to start it off with um, a little Debbie Downer. The 2024 Copa America venues were announced today. Um, years truly, um, St. Louis is left off the list. There's 13 cities, um, and there are some MLS venues. Kansas City, on the other side of the state, has two venues hosting. They have one in Kansas, out by the strip mall, their MLS stadium, and then Arrowhead is also um, hosting uh, knockout round games uh, when they up the ante with um, um, the the attendance. Um, It kind of pisses me off. Um, It's kind of a stick in the eye that that we didn't get – the nod um I, that's really all my short pinnacle point is is check out the <laughs> venues i mean there, there's some big time venues in here and and i'm hoping the tournament is is well watched and it's well received but st louis gets the sny zach what you got talking about playoffs <clears throat> playoffs Play- talking about playoffs practice nope we're talking about Playoff. practice so i am a college football fan i'm also an mls mm-hmm. fan i think they both messed this up. I, I I really do. I mean, the fact that there's only four teams in the college football playoff is dumb anyway. Yeah. And then you have Florida State getting a snub. You have Georgia technically getting snubbed. Um, I know they got beat in the SEC championship by Abilama. But I just think we as Americans deserve better in all of our sports for the playoffs. I hate the MLS playoff system. We'll talk hopefully maybe about our buddy Pat Noonan it, and the, what happened there last The night, MLS but. playoff system is lasting longer than the NHL playoffs with about an eighth of the games. I agree. And the <laughs> NHL playoffs start <laughs> in May and end in July. So it's it's ridiculous and I I just I'm not I'm not okay with it. No, you know, it's funny because it's like American sports in particular um, are always trying to figure out a way to better what wasn't broken. You know, and and it's all television re- revenue and take and the guessing tickets. out of it. I mean, the e- EPL, there, there is no committee. Whoever has the most points at the end is the winner. I think period. we need to take the human aspect out of it. If they're gonna yes. if they're gonna do this, it needs to go to a computer with an algorithm or formulas and just the best metrics are the top four. Yeah, and I think it would take out a lot of this issue. Same thing with the handball rule. There's so many, the offsides, uh, the uh, sin box or whatever we're calling it. Oh my God! So you know dumb. those sin things. Box. <laughs> What's it called? The sin box. It's gonna be well. No, it was called. Uh, no, I don't remember what the official name is. But if they do it, I'm calling it sin box. I'm <laughs> just gonna make fun of it the whole time. Uh, here's my pinnacle point of the day. I'm gonna announce it on this episode here. Uh, Friday, December fifteenth. Yours truly and my two cohorts here. Uh, we're gonna be throwing a little bit of a thank you party to our guests, past guests, to the soccer community at the soccer mecca bar in america amsterdam tavern so um we're inviting everybody 
Friday the 15th, a couple weeks from now, Amsterdam, anytime after 5 o'clock. Uh, we're going to be in there. We're going to make fun of Kansas City all night. <laughs> um, drink beers, order pies, and uh, have a little bit of fun. So that's wasn't really a point. It was really more of a promo. Yeah, more of like a poster. Mm-hmm. Do you think Stelter's decorating the place like this place is decorated? Oh, he started yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. How would he have room? He's got to put lights over the decorations that are already in That's there. That's why I, I told him. I said, take all that shit down. It's all soccer dad pod for that <laughs> night. <laughs> so uh, the other, last thing I want to talk about before we take a break and uh, roll on our guest, uh, our friends over at Ambush, uh, they had their second game of the season. And man, we're just taking it on the chin a little bit. Look, it's indoor soccer. It's competitive. A lot of scoring. You're going to win some. You're going to lose some. But they took one on the chin from Kansas. So that's all I'm going to say about it. When they come back to town, uh, next home game, go go check it out. Get your tickets. It's fun. It's fast. It's just a cool environment. Go check it out. Uh, other than that, you guys got anything else for me? No, I'm good, man. No, I, I don't. I don't. I mean, I, I, I will drop in one last thing. Um, FC Cincy, our friend of the show, Pat Noonan, they lose. They're winning that game 2-0, Eastern Conference Final, into the 70th minute. They tie it in regulation, win it in overtime. Columbus does. Um, Who's Columbus's goalie? Uh, Schulte. Patrick he's Schulte, still on his head towards the end of the game. Huge. Huge save yeah. that well, kept them in that game. Another thing, too, um, and you had touched on it with your point, the MLS um, and the Miazga um, suspension, um, I, not because I like Pat, they got that wrong because he's their best defender. He won Defender of the Year and with the semifinal and final coming into it, and you shelve him because he had an argument with the ref underneath the tunnel and nobody could see it. Well, that's, should, I mean, that, that, our, our league is taking out one of the Defender of the Year for primetime games. Don't make sense. They don't do that without, in any other sport. Without, without video, without an actual written statement, without a press conference from those that were involved. Involved. Yeah. yeah. It was shady as shit. Uh, it's actually, I'm going to toss you one more thing. Uh, you guys know me. I could care less about college football. It just was, has never been in my blood. I just don't see it happening. But Mizzou pulling Ohio State. That's, that's pretty impressive. Um, I find, look, I have a lot of friends that went to Mizzou, so please don't take this personally, but the Mizzou fandom, it's a little cray cray. Like it it, it gets a little extreme. So I'm going to ask the two of you that are closer to the NCAA football opinion interest level, who wins that game? I have a good opinion about that. Ohio State's defense is great. Yep. Our defense is great. Ohio State's offense sucks. I think we win that game. I think Mizzou could pull it off, and I, I can tell you that the Ohio State fans are pissed. They feel like they got shorted. Uh, and they were number two in the country for a long, long time, or three, and now they're getting Mizzou, and they think it's just a, a, a slap in the face, which I hope Mizzou does slap Mizzou in the face. I hope Mizzou racism them because <laughs> th- that's Ohio State fans to get upset. you got to win – the big one, the Michigan, the rivalry game, and yeah. then you have – if you lose that game, shut up. Yep, I, I'm with you. All right, Tennessee – my boys in Tennessee got Iowa, so it should be a eight-point total game. Uh, <laughs> Talk about offenses. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Sounds awesome. <sighs> we'll be back after the break. See you. 
Hey everyone, buying a home, it's kind of a big deal. Never has there been more competition to buy, so few homes to choose from, all made worse by an uncertain interest rate landscape. Now that you're short a bedroom for the third kid, you're in the wrong school district, and a walkable corner pub isn't nearly close enough, it's time to reach out to the Pinnacle Loan Team for help. They work with a network of agents that have their feet on the ground across the whole region and have a number of loan products that are cost-effective with a process that is simple. Basically, they've got you covered from start to finish. So when it's time to buy, visit thepinnacleloans.com. That's thepinnacleloans.com, simply the best in home loans. I see what you're doing here. See what I'm doing there? Two for two today, aren't I? Yep. You're going right down the British path. I am. There's a theme. There's always a theme. <laughs> Can't. Music is very important to me. It is. I'm not going to play it arbitrarily just because it's just in four, four times. No. I don't know. You got to show a little bit of respect to your guests, to your listeners. Tie the theme all together. I, I appreciate that, JB. <laughs> I, I actually met Jarvis Cocker once. Did you really? I did, yeah. I love it. That's Let's start with that story. Yeah, he's the sort of well, he's the sort of chap that, that in certain parts of London you're you're going to see him walking around. He, he's just very, uh, very accessible chap. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, without further ado, because obviously you heard the accent, we have a legitimate algorithm buster here. <laughs> Impression. <laughs> for for <laughs> for the Soccer Dad Pod, we've got Mister Lee Broughton, City City SC and. BBC and all of the counterpublic, all of the above, man. Yeah. What is thanks. the what is the official title these days? Like, what do you like to call yourself when you lay in bed, you stare at the ceiling, You're like you know what, Lee, <laughs> you are blank. Well, um, I'm a co-founder for Counterpublic, and I'm the chief brand architect of City SC. Um, they'll 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 do probably. An right? architect, you did. CBA. <laughs> I mean. Yeah. Well, thank you. The, the, yeah. Let's let's go right into that, JB. I mean, just the way this thing was rolled out, JB will be better at getting us on the rails. Well, but yeah, I, they, well, yeah. Sometimes we have rails. We're gonna start with rails today. Yeah, because I would be remiss to not like kind of get a little bit of the the X's and O's mm. um, of. I'm gonna skip over. You've been awarded a team, and you know all of that stuff. Mm, mm. At what point did your role really start to kick in when it came to envisioning the, the, the vibe, the intent of the physical manifestation of this idea, this experience, this, this home for the team? Talk about when you kind of were like, sweet, we're off and running, this is what I did. I... I actually think that it would be helpful if I started maybe even before we had the team for just a tiny bit. Sure, absolutely. Because when we began to do some research for uh, an economic development group that had asked to see if there was a possibility that we could identify as a region underneath a single narrative, that that was really the, the hook um, as it turned out that provided the insight for um, proof that St. Louis needed something psychological 
that could reboot um, positivity and momentum in St. Louis. So you're alluding to STL Made? I am alluding to STL Made. Correct. So what, what, what really happened, um, we did a bunch of research and we essentially assessed perceptions of St. Louis in the region from, you know, different socioeconomic backgrounds. Um, you're looking at graduates, you're looking at leaders in the community. And then we also did the same perception study with other folks that mirrored that same demo in New York, in Des Moines, in Denver. In, so, so basically looked at cities that were maybe subordinate by any ratings of GRPs that, that the TV would, would produce or um, GDP or however you want to do it, peers or, you know, superiors, somebody, folks that like New York where, you know, we're not trying to compare ourselves, but it would be interesting to see what. And um, it was a fascinating um, initial understanding about psychology here because it was clear that in St. Louis the expectation is that everybody outside would view St. Louis negatively because we view ourselves negatively and then we project that externally, right? And then um, what actually happens is that people don't think about St. Louis, period. And they don't have a made-up perspective of what St. Louis is going to be. Except for Kansas City. <laughs> yeah, we didn't look at that. <laughs> yes. Was that not? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's fair. That's fair. That, that, that might be the one outlier. Um, so, uh, you know, we, so, so you go in with a, a point of view that is a, I'm, I'm a brand, I'm a brand guy, has, you know, for a couple of decades. Um, and I look at a situation where you have a blank canvas and you're, you're like really giddy. Yeah. Um, in order to begin to project a, a, a vibe, uh, uh, you know, a, 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 a sort of momentum, we first have to figure out what we want to be. Right. And, and that we've got a little bit of a, a, a job to do in St. Louis, in, in, in my humble opinion. But um, cast that to one side, if we just pause with that, that idea first. So we have an opportunity to really project a, 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 you know, a point of view in America about what it's like to be in St. Louis. There was um, an opportunity there for us if we could provide something that showed forward momentum that showed future, that resonated with young people, um, that was able to be inclusive, you, 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 you name it. And um, so that's when soccer became something of a, of a conversation. It, it happened to also, um, you know, confluence with some, some things that the family was thinking about too. So there were other, there were other dy dynamics in play, but that was a big one. So then fast forward about a year ago, roughly speaking in October, no, sorry, five years ago in October, November time. So to your point, it was after, okay, you can submit um, and you've got nine, 10 months. There was another moment where we launched MLS for the Lou, which you'll recall. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that was about having to create a movement that proved to not only the league,
but to cities that have already have already got a team that St. Louis is big enough to do this. So that was another moment where um, there was a, a real um, opportunity for us to prove ourselves. And then I would say fast forward to when we um, launched our brand, but it was in lockdown. And if you'll remember, we had to do this online. Right. And we were in Harris Stowe Theatre with a whole bunch of cutout, cardboard cutouts because yep. we weren't allowed an audience. Yep. Right. And there was Carolyn and myself on stage with, with um, I want to think, I want to say it was um, Taylor. Mm -hmm. And I think those, those three things were real key moments because the build-up to each of them uh, really, I, th I feel like on reflection, are, are kind of um, instrumental in how this thing has come, come together because there have been quite considerable hurdles, <laughs> but they've been overcome. And I think it's testament to just how fine St. Louisans are um, as, as, as a body of people, but also how big of a sports town this place is as well. Yeah. So real quick on that topic of Made for the Lou, MLS for the Lou, the amount of research that you guys did, was that in conjunction with city officials or was it primarily as a, a business venture on the economic stability for an investment in the team? And the reason I asked that is I'm curious, <clears throat> the learnings you, you gathered, the research you conducted, the analysis you've done, sounds like it would be very useful for other businesses outside of city, meaning right. the team. And so I would love to, for you to kind of dovetail at some point, maybe not right the second, into where you see applicability outside of soccer for St. Louis and how that's being used to kind of rejuvenate this area and, and beyond. No, I think it's a great question. I'm happy to, to dive in on it now, if you like, because in, in, in many ways, Zach, the, the um, business community was instrumental in putting the, the project together to form um, some kind of initiative to look at how we can all identify underneath a single narrative. When you look at other cities, the, the ones that are being celebrated as um, raging successes today haven't happened by accident. They have been highly organized and they are highly scripted. And they use the, the premises of storytelling and brand building as the, the apparatus to have that be possible. Um, and so, you know, when, when we started looking at some of the leaders in the, in, the, in the business community here in St. Louis, some of them admitted that, yeah, I don't really know what three to five bullets to take about St. Louis as I go around the country. Others were saying their HR staff ask all the time, how do we um, entice relocation of employees at certain levels of management to come to St. Louis. Um, some, some who had invested, who have invested in um, bringing their business um, expansion to St. Louis, then discovered that it was an impossibility for the employees to actually come because there was nerves. There was a story that was able to be gathered 
that wasn't the one that is actually reality. Um, and, you know, so that, that was the impetus. And, and I, you know, the, the um, people in, in government were behind the idea as well. And, you know, there's, it, it straddled a couple of mayors now, the mm-hmm. work. And in yeah. both occasions, um, I've sat down and so have, of, um, you know, members of, of my team that were a part of it. But, but now it's gone on to become something that, that, that is called Greater St. Louis Inc. is heavily involved in, um, you know, making sure that the business community and the public officials are all a big part of this. And I think being highly organized and really trying to fight sort of um, silo thinking so that we are more organized is a big part of of of, of how to continue the momentum because you know we're, we're down um, in downtown west now um, having this conversation together and there's a there's a boatload of activity around here yes there is um, and it's momentum that the um, cities need and momentum is a very hard thing to start as we all know and i do think it's important that people don't think cities are just this mon- these monolithic entities right. that right. don't ebb and flow i mean we we know for a fact that 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 is not true but cities do need momentum and momentum is a very very tricky thing to get going and city sc for 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 us really is the the big boost toward that momentum being very very clearly you know, we live in a show me state, right? This is the yeah. show me <laughs> bit about what is happening in St. Louis. Yeah, good. We um, a few months ago, we we had the pleasure to interview Tom Strunk on this podcast. Yeah, and uh, you know him and Jim come from worldwide and the mashup with the Enterprise family. Sure, um, he had mentioned that culture from both business was identified and is identified in your guys' main businesses on a daily basis um, as a um, as of the utmost important. Um, as a fan, y- you can really see the culture that you guys are building as an ownership group and, and a management team. Can, can you can you speak on how important culture um, for the vision was at the very beginning with the group? I, I, I love that question, and and it's so true that that um, you know I I've had 15 years in enterprise, um, which is how I ended up in St. Louis in the first place. Um, and I was in a consulting practice prior to my uh, hiring of Enterprise. And in that consultancy, one of the things that, that was the single biggest attractor for me was the culture that I would interact with every time I would be doing business with, with my client. And it was inexplicable for me. You know, I was living in London in an agency um, and... I was then dealing with this, what was then a fledgling car rental company in the UK. And I couldn't understand why they were um, having so much fun, why they were so collegiate with one another, what this um, family that that, um, they would hold with such pride was ultimately about, that, that was the owner of them, or owner of the business rather, and they worked for. And, it, and I started researching. So the, the, the culture is very, very real. And I truly think that it's one of the most extraordinary stories about enterprise mobility, um, because every country you go in, it is replicated. Worldwide technology is exactly the same as you, as you rightly point out. I mean, I've, I have had the fortune of getting to know Jim 
Kavanaugh a little bit, Tom Strunk a little bit. And um, it is with all of the leadership in worldwide technology, very similar. There, there is a sense of pride, but the integrity and the, um, you know, the kind of prepared to, to muck in and be a team together. And we rise as a group and we fall as individuals doesn't exist. It's, it's we fall as a team as well. I mean, like they're really, really tight as a group. Anyway, that has been something that, that Carolyn, Jason, Tyne and myself really wanted to be a, a significant part. You can tell. Of what H, HQ is, is about now. Well, let, let me ask you this, because part of part of the math, the unspoken equation that was always on the table going into the whole process, especially for those of us that have grown up with the game, loving the game, playing the game, um, St. Louis on the field from a player, from a from a cultural uh, sports yeah. standpoint, we had a head start. Right. We know the game. We yeah. know the game very, very well. <clears throat> Down to, I mean, Amsterdam Tavern's the greatest sock yeah. pub in America. No P- question. Period. So when when you guys <laughs> no were question, yeah, you I know what it. I'm saying. <laughs> so when you guys were getting to that point, you know, let's get past the awarded the team. You know, now it's time to really get your your hands and knees dirty. Um, how much? of knowing that soccer is embedded in the culture of St. Louis already, was that a benefit or did it help kind of give you guys a little bit of a, like not a pass, but a little bit of a good feeling knowing, hey, they'll get it. We got to focus on a lot of other things, but where did the understanding of the soccer culture come into play in the decision-making? I I think that... um so, so one, you know, coming back to culture, there's, there's, a, there's a big culture in St. Louis, generally speaking, too. I'm sure there is in other cities. I haven't lived there, but, but I've not had Kansas. the b- benefit of traveling many places. <laughs> um, one of the things to answer your question, which might not be quite as intuitive as you're, um, you know, leaning towards, was that with Lutz van Steel, yeah. who is a, a German professional, but he's lived in many places. Um, the, one of the first things we did was we sat him down and we went, we walked him through this, the STL made research. And we really tried to um, help him understand that there are values that underpin the St. Louis community that transcend sport. And they are one, they're, they're identity um, attributes. Um, things like tenacity for example, which is, you know, you never, you never give up, you never um, just settle with being knocked down. Um, as, a, as an example, Lutz is, a, a, you know, he's kind of a bit of a wizard, okay? Um, and he, he really, in, in, in respect to him, he really took on board some of these values. I mean, the values of the club, tenacity, progressiveness not not just in the social sense but but in the technological te- sense as well optimism um, swagger those those senses of of um, importance they, they they come out of two things one we find them in the data that is who that's what it means to be in St. Louis but there's also um, an element where he then took that into okay so what style of soccer should city SC really play um 
when you when you then take that to what is an informed, intelligent group of people, because soccer is something that's been over a hundred years old in St. Louis, probably um, some of the first games of football played in America were played in St. Louis. Accurate. Yep, yep that's right. Um, so that's where it then gets its fuel injection. Um, we really wanted to make sure that we got the philosophy right. You know, it's it's a little bit counterintuitive in America to play a non-possessive sport, right? Because when you look at right. all the sports, it's all about either time on the ball or on bat, or um, it is about possession. Well, St. Louis City SC is the 29th team in possession. We're, we're aware. Right. <laughs> so, so again, you know, it, 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 that's, it's where it, that's where it came into um, its own, the fact that there was intelligence here that would allow us to seemingly challenge something so kind of sacred as far as Amer how America plays sport. Um, and, I, and I think that's the kind of really intriguing piece of it all. So when you guys are in the design mode, let's get into a little bit of the brick and mortar side of things, because um, I, I believe it was probably about four years ago, you, you guys actually came to Gaslight Studio for one we of did. those uh, preliminary, like uh, the, the league yeah, was, was in an, town. It was like an influencer um, um, uh, stakeholder conversation. Yeah, and, and I thought, you know, when you guys reached out and, and the way it was explained to me was the league's coming in, we're, you know, the, the, yeah. the team members are coming in, and we want to try to start to pick up on and pull, slide in the pieces of, quote, St. Louis mm -hmm. from uh, food to pop to music and all this stuff. That's and right. we came in, and I found that so intriguing. Can you kind of give the listener an idea of getting into that aspect of it because again the soccer and building a stadium you know it, those those two things are to a degree not uh mechanical but they're going to get done mm. but what you guys did was you leaned into this like uh culture influence where you're injecting things that people that love the game probably weren't really thinking about when it came to what is this team going to give me in a game day experience and beyond? Yeah, uh, that's a great memory. And, and I have um, a really fond memory of that, of that particular evening because it was a little unusual. It was about 30 kind of influencers that ran the gamut, didn't they? They were from fashion, they were from food, they were from um, business, they were from um, community, even public official. Yep. Um, was in there um, the arts, so um, a couple of a couple of things. The, the the first was going back to this STL made research. One to give you a little a, a little nugget that kind of lends itself towards where this thing went. One of the things that we learned was that there was enormous pride in neighborhoods. <laughs> So the four of us all live in different places around, around the region, right? I've lived in Central West End. I've lived in Tower Grove. I've lived in Clayton. Um, and in each place that I've been, I have, I have learned and adopted a real sense of pride in those, in those places. And we have like 
you know, I don't know, 79 or some ridiculous amount of, of, of neighborhoods that are, you know, they have their own police and their own judiciary what? and their own whatever it is. Um, and one of the, the, the funny things is that, that when we think about ourselves in our neighborhoods and there is this tremendous sense of pride, even though the four of us might live in different neighborhoods, we don't recognize that we each are united in a sense of pride of place we actually somehow dislocate that sense of pride from one another and see it as a silo. For example, JB, if you live in a particular neighborhood in the region and you've got a best pub and a best restaurant, you're unlikely to be sharing it with the rest of us because there is a much lower likelihood that we will come to it because we've got our own pub totally, and restaurant. It's totally true. You're talking to somebody <laughs> from Granite City. So, <laughs> so going across the river becomes even more of a, right, a bit of a, even yeah. more of a block, psychological right. barrier. <laughs> mm -hmm. Everywhere else I've ever been, you travel for miles to go to the culinary delights right. or the, you know, the beverage of choice, whatever it is. But for, for, for a number of reasons, we, we, we don't, we don't, we decide not to do it. And I think perhaps less than the tactics of it, the, the, the actual outcome is we don't see that we are united in a sense of place. So one of the things that we thought that would be a fantastic idea is what if we created a center of gravity for the very best food mm -hmm. downtown <laughs> that comes from all the neighborhoods? Right. Because Brilliant. then people are going to be exposed to new stuff. And then they might even say, you know what? I'm going to go give this a try when we don't have a game. And so, so that was one thing we laid out. We tested it with this group in, that, that was in Gaslight yeah. Studios. There, there was a kind of a nod of the head and there seemed to be a bit of a, an intrigue about that idea. Similarly, you know, we have the arch in our crest because why would you not have such an iconic piece of, of geographical symbolism in it? But you don't really hear us talking about the arch a whole ton because one of the feedbacks that we had coming back was there's some complications with the ground that the arch is on. There is um, a, a sense of we want this thing to feel fresh and we want it to celebrate other things in, in um, St. Louis, not just right. a, a, a statue. Um, and so, you know, we... we and I'm thinking about the art, the arts piece too. One of the big pieces of conversation that happened at the time was how do the arts find a way to demonstrate that they punch above their weight in a region like ours versus any other city that, that would give their right arm to have one of the things that we have five of. Right. So I think that it, it sort of really helped us um, be that, that needle and thread that when you pulled on it after we had, you know, tried to um, sew some of these things together, we laddered up to a greater whole versus represented another sum of a part. I love that. And, and that is the biggest, if there was anything missionary, that is the biggest mission of City SC. So before we take a quick break here, I have to ask along the lines of the, uh, the, the food question in particular. What's your go-to? You you cross you you cross over the Clayton line. Yeah. The top. What's your go-to these days? 
Um, oh my gosh. So I absolutely love Medina for like a fast food, yeah, yeah. Palestinian type um, uh, 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 kebab. I love Balkan Treat Box. Yeah. Um, um, Louis on Demand is absolutely oh. magnificent. One of my favorite restaurants in St. Louis. Um, I have to say, the the um, the the pub food at uh, the Pitch was really really good. They have a Those, salmon BLT, money. Well, that uh, the the buff the shrimp pop, the shrimp poppers yeah shrimp yeah. poppers yeah yeah pretty fun. No, I'm 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 a uh, food here is just you know, you're spoiled for choice here, but you got to get in your car on occasion. Yeah, you do. <laughs> Which is why nobody likes to share their secret spots. <laughs> <laughs> and he hey, even mentioned the hill. Yeah, I love the I mean, we, I mean, we, oh. can go, we can go neighborhood to neighborhood. Yeah, 79. Really, you really We'd could. be here for a while. Yeah, we would. Yeah. We yeah. would. Maybe with our new Explore STL partnership, we'll get into some of those. Oh, we're totally doing that. We're going to go. We're going to We're gonna put boots on the ground. I definitely want to get to, after the break, I want to get a little bit more about your history in England. Yeah. The football side of it. Sure. The, the marketing side. I'm just fascinated by that part. And we're going to find out why he's a Chelsea supporter. I'm not. No. He's no. A, oh. I knew by looking at me. There, 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 are things, there are some things I just have to jump in on. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to be right back with Lee Broughton, and we're going to talk more soccer and beyond. See ya. The term staycation was really invented by soccer moms. Located one hour and seven minutes from the arch, the Music Box Chalet at Innsbruck is a hidden gem. Buried in three acres of private woods, the Music Box has a master suite for just you, a loft and second bath for them, and a vinyl collection to meet your every mood. The full-size kitchen will easily accommodate three to 12 bottles of rosé, while the huge fire pit seating area will keep the big kids busy. Golf, fishing, kayaking, pickleball, or simply reading a book with Mother Nature, all at your fingertips. Visit either VRBO or Airbnb to find the Music Box Chalet. And now, back to those guys. Oh. Yep, we're back. You guys good? I'm good. Yeah, I like this. It's upbeat. This is aren't these guys French though? Uh, they are no, they are Nor. Uh, I think they're Scandinavian, Scandinavian, yeah. aren't they? I think Scandinavian. Scandinavian okay. yeah. yeah, no, no, I did not play this as if they were British. It's just the vibe. It's a good vibe. It's, it's a, a good, good song. Yeah, right? it's fine. It's a great vibe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're back with Lee Broughton talking all things uh, STL Enterprise, STL Made, and beyond. Um, so many different directions we can go here uh, on the re-entry. Uh, the one thing I wanted to just, and Zach kind of alluded to it, let's get back into a little bit of the uh, the wee little Lee, the early years, because clearly you're not from North County. Um, no. <laughs> I don't know what gave it away, but I'm going to guess. East, east side. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, must have been a suburb of Granite City. Definitely, I'm not <laughs> definitely a Collinsville accent. Let's uh, let's let's get right into it. Uh, give us a little bit of the X's and O's of the um, wh where's home, where's original home, and let's talk a little bit about the the team you supported as a wee lad. So that that that'll have to be my first apology to people because um, I'm a Manchester <laughs> United supporter. Oh my god! 
Why know. do you have to apologize for that? Well, I, I, he I does don't. have to apologize I, I find, for that. I find that that's what people's expectations are. I'm not apologetic for it. I'm very Seven happy out of ten it. people are uh, here are man, you guys. Yeah, and 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 I'll, I'll I'll also go one further that I was a fan in the '80s when we were really shite. Ah, uh, pre pre Alex. So, yeah, pre Alex. And um, the reason that I, I and, and I I'm not from anywhere near there, but as as um, statistics will show that most Londoners are also Manchester United fans, yeah. which is and I'm I'm a London boy. Um, the my, my parents grew up George Best fans, and so I didn't yeah. really have a choice. Okay. Yeah. Um, now at the time, you know, there were teams that aren't that great anymore, were faring much better, like Wimbledon. I don't know whether you'll remember Wimbledon oh, yeah. Town. Um, I'm very close. I live very close to Wimbledon, and I live really close to Brentford. Okay. Neither of those. Yeah. So Wimbledon was a big big team, and even Lutz played for Wimbledon, as it turned yeah. out. Um, Brentford didn't exist uh, in, uh, in the upper echelons of, 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 of football. So um, anyway, so um, you asked about me. Well, I'm actually a theology major. Oh, I, see. I, about that? I, I saw that. I saw one. that. Yeah. So the first question is why? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that is a that is a very long question. We, 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 not very snappy answer to that. But, but um, I actually wanted to be a songwriter. And oh, I thought talking. I thought that that was going to be the best way to be a bit more intelligent about my songwriting. And my two favorite songwriters are Bono yeah. and um, Tom York. Oh, sure. So, um, you know, one is a bit more philosophical and the other is a bit more theological. Um, and so I figured that that would work. And then this is how that went. Um, <laughs> clearly, clearly fail. Um, I um, yep grew up basically in 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 London um, and um, went to work at a consulting uh, practice that was really specialising in uh, marketing and communications and, and and that stuff as a graduate. Did my post grad stuff whilst I was working there, and one of the um, clients that was really very new to uh, Europe was Enterprise Rent-A-Car. They, 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 they opened up in like 1995 and I was working at the consultancy in 1998. So after three years, they needed somebody to kind of help position them. I was on the account team and essentially worked my way up to being the account director of that particular group, along with a couple of other Kodak and a couple of other uh, more consumer orientated things. And I fell in love with them, as I had mentioned, and um, actually called the, the CMO at the time and said, can I come and work for you? And he's like, no, sorry, mate. We, we, we don't need somebody that's junior. We, we're going to need somebody senior, but not yet. So he didn't say, no, never. He just said, no, n not now. So I took that as... Um, I remember the conversation because I was literally walking home in the he dark. Left, he left the door open. He left you're the door open. You're saying there's the a chance. <laughs> so you're saying there's a chance. So the reason that St. Louis and I get on is tenacity. Yeah. Yes. There you go. Um, so I, I took that as an opportunity. And so I decided that I needed different experience based on that phone call. So I moved from the agency into a law firm that, that um, was a bit unusual, but it gave me a, an amazing array of different sort of business experience. And every quarter, I swear to God, for the next three years, I sent a packet of work that I'd been working on to that guy. To the same guy, yeah. 
And um, about 2003, it was about April 2003, I get a call as I come back from Easter because we have, like you guys have Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. UK has Easter, similar sort of thing where you, you know, basically have something on a Friday. You don't come to work on a Monday. So it's like the Friday, the Thursday, Friday thing here. Um, and I came back to work on the Tuesday and there was a voicemail with this American drool on it about, um, you know, if you're still interested in us, give me a call. And I couldn't believe it. And it was like three years later. Same guy? Same guy. Nice. <laughs> so um, I, get on the, I get on the telephone to him and, and essentially the, the idea is, um, you know, we, we have to kind of, I have to like seriously um, schmooze but um, I get invited out to St. Louis for the first time. And, and I'll tell you, I honestly thought St. Louis was a suburb of Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> That's true around the world. Yes. Because so. <laughs> when, you look, well, when, when, you, when you look at a map, St. Louis and Chicago do not look that far away. And when I look at a map in England... It's not this far. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, now, wait, wait, wait a second. How did the British Empire rule the world on all those boats with all those maps and understand scale? And you didn't know that we were five hours yeah, away. No, it's probably it's probably a slight <laughs> indictment of well, my what, what's, geography. But what's five hours north of London? Sea, pretty much. Yes. Bingo. <laughs> like, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. You're right. I mean, you'll 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 maybe in the Outer Hebrides by then, depending <laughs> right, depending right. on your your vehicle of choice. But. Um, no, it, that was my first time in America. I mean, I, I, I had been, I had lived in Australia, I'd lived in Africa, I'd lived in Sweden, so I'd, I'd known what it was like to, to not live in England, um, but I had never been to America, and, and, and for me, America was like the absolute elite in my, in my discipline, brand and, and communications. It, it, you know, doesn't get any better than it does in America. So I was super excited about it, but I honestly thought it was a two-year gap because the, the the idea was to come to St. Louis, get indoctrinated, and then take that back to Europe and help position them in, 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 in Europe. So the initial stint was only two years. So by 2005, I was already back home again. And I did four more years until, until um, you know, we got married in England and then um, my wife and I moved back in 2009, I think it roughly was. So... Um, Work, you know, worked my way up at Enterprise and um, ran the Enterprise brand globally. And, um, and then that's a, at a point where uh, my wife and I sort of thought that it was going to get, you know, domestically a bit too claustrophobic. <laughs> um, and uh, I, I decided to do some other things. I, we've got two kids that, that um, you know, I probably should spend a bit more time with. And um, we'll see what else happens. And, and uh, you know, the rest of that was, was um, it has been rather extraordinary. So real quick, I want to talk, I'm gonna, I want to get into soccer. I want to get into across the street. Mm. Um, let's just get right down to first home game after this process. Because obviously you, you, you had your finger all over uh, from the stadium design, logo, crest, colors, everything food vendors talk about that first home game first league game team goes out there we get the red out we all of that stuff you know if you take that two and a half three hour experience what did it mean to you after coming here and and doing everything you did to figure it out to pull it off that first night what did it mean to you it, it was really profound 
Um, and I, I think I probably could get really emotional about it in, in many ways because it's sort of a once in a lifetime thing, right? I mean, yeah. you don't, you don't <laughs> normally... He's going to start crying. I, Jared's going to remember. <laughs> I grew up playing in this city my whole life and love soccer. When I went to it, I, at the very first home game, he literally I did was get crying. Yeah, oh, yeah. No, I agree. I, I felt, I mean, I genuinely felt the same way. And I think that the part of it, it was, you cannot plan for St. Louis turning up the way St. Louis has turned up. Yes, we've been incredibly intentional. Yes, the Taylor family have put an extraordinary amount of investment in. Yes, we worked tirelessly to get everything right that we could. But still, you don't have St. Louis turn up the way it, it does. And, and um, that is an extraordinary thing to have witnessed where, um, you know, the, the for those that have been to the stadium and heard the chanting, we all chant STL now. Um, it, it, there's not twenty two and a half thousand people are singing it. It, it. it is an that 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 first home game was ridiculous. This metric, um, the rain game, when we play Cincinnati <laughs> and there's a three hour rain. Oh. Um, first off, I loved it. Yeah, um, me too. I loved but, it. But then to come back and then, you know, from a, being so new and from a management team, uh, what's going to happen? The people that flooded that stadium yeah. after that long break at that late at night and then for the team to respond to the tune of four goals, like matter of fact, I mean, how much, um, how much validation did that give your group? Enormous amounts of validation. Uh, I, I honestly, you know, if, if, if it hadn't have happened, you wouldn't have been able to have thought that it was possible. I mean, I can remember turning around to a very good friend of mine that has been heavily involved in um, lots of things we've been talking about, um, Steve Hunt. I turned around to him and I said, where have all these people come from on that particular night? Because... It was so bad, mm -hmm. and the weather forecast was so apocalyptic in classic St. Louis fashion. Yes, it was. 16,000 <laughs> people emerge out of every crevice known to mankind around there. And you're right, we put on a spectacle, and we beat what is now the supporters' shield holders 5-1 yeah. on that night. Yeah. So I, I have to go down this road for a little bit because I've been part of rebrands in the corporate world. A couple new colors, new logo, <laughs> new mission statement, mm. new uh, whatever keychains. Keychains. <clears throat> I get it. This is a little different because it's starting from scratch. There wasn't a, a template. You weren't rebranding Enterprise Mobile like they just or Mobility like they just did. Yeah. But the execution from every single part of that business had to work. The food vendor had to work. The app had to work in the stadium. The lighting, the sound, the team had to work. How did the Taylor family, the, the Kavanaugh's of the world, how did you guys push and make sure that at least from an execution standpoint, things went the way they were supposed to? Because you're, you're right. There's no way to predict the outcome of the fans but you guys had it nailed. And How did you hurdles. do that? There was oh, hurdles. Of course. Yeah, like, the, the, electric the, electric, and, the electric room flood. On, I mean, oh my, oh my goodness. Yeah. But I'm just curious <laughs> from the, the behind the scenes standpoint, what, what was that strategy to get everybody on the same page and, and executing like that? 
so so it begins with the onboarding we have a deck that is about the culture of the club and the vision and one of the i think you know at the time we thought it was one of the most difficult but in hindsight i think it was one of the gifts was when we were hiring the majority of the people that you have just inadvertently alluded to in what you you've you've you know introduced as part of your question there was no back, there was no team there was no stadium there was only a vision so we had to hire on people who we could see were convicted by the vision that we had for the club and it was very ambitious which is the other value that i didn't mention before um and I don't want to lead with ambition because sometimes it can bite the nails of success. But when you are thinking about quality and ambition plays a role in what you're trying to create, it actually is a, 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 a different talent than just pure creative genius or pure technological know-how. And so I think every everyone that we have hired, we have been incredibly certain that their adherence to the vision is what drives them and when there's nothing there like there is no team there is no stadium at this point they can only hold on to that and so that has played a big role the other thing is we have been a nightmare to the league because <laughs> we will not allow crap into our store for example if you're thinking about retail and i'm a big believer you don't discount premium brands Discounting is uh, a strategy that if you want to buy customers with discounts, the price that they find you at is the price they will only ever pay for you for. And there is a mentality that comes with that, right? You, you, you want to belong and have identity with brands that you say th they lift you up. They are a part of what I um, aspire to. And so we've built a soccer team whose brand we want St. Louis to aspire to. And that's why when you go in, you'll see we've got collabs with local St. Louis designers that are in some instances manufactured or printed in St. Louis by 3D printers. They are not going to be the cheapest sweaters you've ever seen, but they are going to represent the things that are absolutely amazing about this town that others can't compete with. Um, and so that is a principle that we take into, like in the digital world, um, the, re the, the head of retail is a merchandiser that we, we got from a big um, brand in um, America. And then we have um, ha given her the, the role of making sure that quality control is a part of how she looks at the, the, the way the league brings product to this town. We can't, we can't control everything but we can control what we sell and um you know we we really want to think about the the um fan as wearing our our crest with pride quick quick little background onto the crest one of the best city flags in america is the st louis city flag yes mm -hmm. absolutely magnificent yeah that's great i wanted to use that to inspire the crest and we wanted to contemporize it. 
And so um, we had a group of artists um, that, that were diverse in nature and they worked for multiple different companies and we brought them in a room, we paid each of them and we said, here's the brief, come up with the best plan. They came up with plan. They had about 10 ideas and they culled them down and then Carolyn and I came in and we then began to um, figure out what we were looking for and what, what netted out is the crest that we have now because we felt like the um, Pantone 1925, which is the, the kind of city red we've dubbed it, but it's kind of the closest red to pink before it becomes a light color, which we weren't allowed to have in the home team. Um, we felt that that is the best contemporization of the city red flag. And then we've added the same elements of the flag to the crest, like the, the, the blue, um, the yellow, yeah, the yellow and then we've got the arch, steel arch gray, we call it, um, as complementary elements. Um, and so, that, you know, everything, everything about what we've created, we wanted to make sure couldn't be replicated in any other city. And so often, I think, to your question about brands, people approach brands by looking at the competition. Yep. We didn't do that. We, we approached the brand as something that could not be competed with. Speaking of competition. Because we, we own it. It's, it's ours. Like, Well, that's a great segue because the thing, it's been chewing on my brain here. Earlier you talked about some of the um, uh, integrity and perseverance and these, these key words that describe yeah. the St. Louis culture. Another one of those that I'm going to throw on the table uh, that has always existed, and that is kind of athletic or sports arrogance. Arrogance in particular. Swagger. That swagger. Um, how, after the year that we had, because look, all the pundits got it wrong, including the three of us sitting at this table. And I have to assume that you laying in bed did not predict, oh, we're going to finish first place of the West, right? Right. But we did. And it's, it's an, you know, it, it's not a secret. Uh, a lot of the other fandoms, specifically Kansas and Cincy and a few others kind of within the region, uh, we became open game, you know, as we continue to do it. And then obviously we stumbled out a little bit earlier than any of us wanted to. But what's occurred is there's, I knew going into it that the, the soccer community here would expect a quality product. Right. Nobody predicted that, but now you have the arrogance factor that's kicked in because of what we just did. Yeah. Do you guys think about that? Do you personally think about that? Because now going into year two, What's you, you, how do you define what's up in a city that is used to you know the whole quote best bands fans in baseball and all that stuff that are kind of part of the St. Louis spine? What's your approach into year two with the team from that arrogance expectation? Yeah, I, I uh, that's actually a really good question. I, I actually think first I would say that, that the metaphor for me about um, some of the th the, the performance is that we worked as a team. So we've got Roman Berkey, we have Edu Leuven, and we have Jao Klaus as our three sort of big big star players. And then there's a you know couple of couple of others that are, are up there. But the rest of the team, they are men who got on board with the vision too, including Roman 
and um, Edu and Jao. These guys could have been making money professionally somewhere else, and they got on board. No question. That's awesome. That's no That's admirable. That's right. They bought into the vision. And then that vision meant there couldn't be individuals, right? Our style of play hasn't got room for individuals because the moments when a player decides to be an individual on the pitch, we break down and they get through us. The other teams tend to be a bit more possessive orientated and a possession orientation can lend itself to a more technically clever, creative individual and they end up being a bit of a quarterback. And that tends to be a bit more of a pattern that we watch. So for us, the team the way it is, is a metaphor for how we want St. Louis to operate as a region. If we can stop being individuals and ladder to this sum of a greater whole, we will be a, a great city again, the best that we've ever been hist you know, historically. So that's the thing, right? So we're going to approach next season, season two, exactly the same way. We aren't going to change our philosophy. We are a high-press, fast-transition team. 38%-ish possession will suit us fine. And we've said that from the beginning, so I'm not giving anything that, that, that no, is, is you know. And there are some teams that are good at giving us the ball and testing <laughs> us on it, and we know who those have been. <clears throat> And there are other teams that, that, you know, I think that we will be, that we will continue to compete really well with. We also said that this is a legacy building yep. organization, right? So we've had an inaugural season that has hit the rest of the history books, but we are really conscious that we don't suddenly start sh out shooting our coverage to yeah. use another metaphor of another sport <laughs> in order to um, placate some kind of temporary moment. Because for us, this is about a long term vision. I mean, you yeah. look at enterprise mobility, it's a 70 year old piece of equipment that has always said it is what it what it represents and as it's grown it has stayed in st louis it is proud to be here and it is now in a hundred countries um we, we we want to adopt that same mentality where where this is for the long haul um and ambition is a part of the value that that, that i've talked about um on purpose because it doesn't mean that we're just going to settle but we want incrementality, not transformational. Yep. Yeah. So that's part of the second season. And then there are there are elements where um, sporting will be looking at, at all sorts of different um, components to how you tweak the system to yeah. ensure that we aren't completely predictable. Um, and, and I know that those things are, go are going on. So I, I actually am super excited about season two in a way that is so much more informed because you know coming back to that opening match the one the one emotion that i didn't extol to you was terrified like <laughs> i was terrified uh, there was twenty-two thousand four hundred people that were terrified where's right? your swagger <laughs> yeah that was deep my, my swagger was, was being projected but inside i was terrified Seabeck had it Seabeck yeah, had, Seabeck had it yeah, he, he carried no everybody's swagger no question. he has everybody's swagger i know we're winding down here and i got one final point for me um 
Lee, I, I want to thank you and your team. Um, this organization, from we hit on it in the show, everything is so St. Louis. From the food, from you guys have thought of every nook and cranny. And, and being a guy from this region and my family from this region, it means a lot. And, and like, and I also think the fans identify with that because there's a lot of places that aren't as centric to the city as this place is. And you guys have put a lot of work into it. And and, and I appreciate it, man. And, and thank you. Thank you. I I have a kind of kind of like a inquisitive, like it's kind of running through my brain here a little bit, because you talked about, and I knew enough about the preliminary years where you guys were doing your research mm. and your beta testing. You know what's going to work in the stadium? What's our culture? What's you know what are we going to make this thing look like? And part of that process, you guys are on the plane a lot. You're going to all, you know, a number of other stadiums, yep. watching games, getting into the locker rooms, getting into the food, blah, 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 all that stuff. Here goes first year. We do what we did on the field. Nobody expected that. But I think the experience was something that not only those of us in St. Louis, but so many people that traveled here. I have friends from uh, Indianapolis, L.A., et cetera, that were all in four games at different times. And I'm like, this is the shit. You guys nailed this. So just my question is this. You went out to market and basically were, were kind of like, and I don't want to sound flip here, but you kind of were like, we're not going to do that, that, and that, and we're going to take this, this, and this from our backyard to create our experience. Inbound phone calls now. How many of these other teams? You don't need to name San names. San Diego got a team like, of people like, just like following you around <laughs> yeah, like a puppy dog? Yeah, I was wondering, <laughs> who are all these guys all sunburnt with flip-flops walking around here? That must be the San Diego contingency. Yeah, that's funny. But, but I mean, have you guys have to have been engaged now. Maybe, you know, maybe there's something outside of yeah. soccer because you built something more than a team. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 you know, we, we said we wanted to be the best or yeah, the, we wanted to be the first of the new, not best of the old. Ooh, he's okay. gonna jot that down. So, when we think about the stadium, architecturally, um, we spent a lot of time thinking about how we could fit in with the neighbourhood. Yeah. But how we could also put on a pedestal some of the things that that we've discussed today: artists, food vendors, fan experience. I mean, we didn't talk about the operations being under Market Street. Right. Yeah. There is no back door. It's only front door. Um, we're already getting calls to find out about some of those things, whether it's the food, whether it's the engagement with artists. I mean, um, you know, we're, we're a complicated city, right? Um, we discovered with Great Rivers Greenway that we are on Mill Creek Valley. Right. And we worked with them to commission Damon Davis. I can't tell you the amount of people outside of St. Louis that have called us or have asked to come and see Pillars of the Valley that Damon created. That's a collaboration with um, a, you know, a public agency um, and, and ourselves. And I think it speaks, again, back to that sense of, of um, intentionality that, that, that we're trying to bring, but also that makes St. Louis think that this is theirs. Yeah. This, isn't, this isn't something that um, 
exists in 28 other cities. This is this is different. Yeah, and I feel are, like it's mine. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it is yours. It is. It is. I mean, I think that's that's great. It it, it means it's working. Um, and there are, you know, we we've got, we have the, the the great thing is the app, for example. The app is the app. Other sports teams in other sports are calling us about the app. And you know, one one of the funniest um, conversations was which eight, which which, um, which platform are you using? It's like you built it. Ours, we built it. Yeah. Don't answer Stan Kroenke's call. <laughs> I promise. <laughs> Quick last transition because we're gonna we're gonna get you out of here because you've got way more important things to do than hanging out with us. Never. Um, um, let's talk about art. Which appears to be, thank you. Yeah, uh, kind of. I mean, you, I'm sure. Look, you love your wife. You love your kids. I do. You love your family. Maybe you love your job, but you really, really love art. Yeah. Talk about Counterpublic. Mm. What it means to you, where it came from, and what it is. Uh, give it. Give us the art snapshot. Yeah. Thanks, JB. I appreciate that because um, I, I, um, I do love art. I, I wish. I was as smart as an artist is. Um, I think that the, let me start by saying, I believe that artists go before the rest of us. And um, we don't have the same conversations that perhaps um, society might have had decades and decades ago where philosophers were engaged um, in, in thinking but one of the things that we have perhaps arguably more than ever is artists who are truly wrestling with some of the biggest issues of the day. And they manifest themselves in, in beautiful expressions in sculpture or on canvas or in music or in performance or, or whatever. And it actually changes whether we know it or not, the way we think about stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, just take identity. Um, the issues around identity are massive, and those of us that have got kids are seeing generational evolution around fluid identity and pronouns and all these things that wouldn't have been possible to have even considered well when we were kids. Artists have been um, thinking and creating and protesting in their art around these ideas that have now manifest into pop culture. I truly believe that artists in this town, of which we have far more than our fair share, yep. it's a huge artist town, artists in this town are a fundamental reason why this town is great. And it's fascinating that culture in St. Louis has to be discovered. It doesn't reveal itself instantly. <laughs> That's very true. Welcome to St. Louis. Right. Welcome yeah. to St. Louis. Yeah, right. <laughs> you look at a painting, you look at an abstract painting, a modern painting. A modern painting does not reveal itself instantaneously. No. You have to learn about it. You have to learn about its conceptual nature. What is the artist thinking? Where are they coming from? And I actually think that, that St. Louis is a fantastic example of that. So, all that said, counterpublic. 
co-founded it with a good friend of mine, James McAnally, who is the founder of The Luminary, which is a space on Cherokee. Yep. Um, we want to um, have a civic, a public civic art platform or exhibition every three years for three months. And th that brings together the very best of the art world in St. Louis in one go for America. And this year we launched um, 2023 and it was from 15th of April to the 15th of July. And so it will be in 2026, the next one. Right. But, but this one was a bit of a time capsule. What we wanted, we spent um, 18 months doing community work, had about a thousand conversations with residents and um, visitors of the city, you know, in their work or rest of it. And we wanted to kind of um, learn a little bit more. And one of the things that we discovered was that we needed to, to focus on reparative healing, storytelling, and a truer reflection of history. Um, so we, we, we came across stories that hadn't been told before, um, opportunities for, for artists to kind of bring to life some stuff. Um, I don't know how many of us know about the Griot, which is on St. Louis Place, which is the Black History Museum. We put a permanent public sculpture there. Um, Vachon, just a bit, a few blocks up the road from there, which is an extraordinary Black History um, Museum put on by a chap with his own um, energy for, for many, many decades. It is one of the real gems of St. Louis. All the way on the southern terminus of Jefferson Avenue, you have Sugarloaf, um, the last remaining mound. My point is, is that, that, that we really put um, the history of St. Louis on display and then had public art that was available. 2026, we're going to go through a similar phase. May not do it on a stretch of road quite like that. It may be um, in different pockets, but, you know, maybe you'll have me back here and you I can talk back. about it. Um, but really what it's about is it is about demonstrating how art can bring convention of people round a table to discuss stuff that inadvertently we learn that we are united in our differences and that those things become conversations as yeah. opposed to a bias that someone is then pigeonholed against and you can't find a way to come together. Um, and so, you know, I probably have botched that explanation up no. a little bit. But No, but I, I look, here's what, here's what I hear. <clears throat> All the descriptions, I totally get it. I, I, I agree with you. Having <clears throat> spent a lot of my time around artists, creatives, primarily in the music world. Yeah. But the, the brains work the same, yes. you know, in the way that they try to totally tell those stories. So here's where I'm. Here's how my takeaway. St. Louis has a problem, kind of getting over itself or getting over its own hiccups. So how how proud are you to have a thumbprint on City Park, a fingerprint with Carolyn and team on on the team and the logo, all of that, and then you've got your middle fingerprint all over Counter Public, like. Do, is it a challenge for you that like a kid from London is taking a hell of a lot of time and energy <laughs> in trying to make St. Louis cool? Is is there 
a reason other than you love the pizza? Or, you know, what's, <laughs> what, why, the mo- why the motivation at this level? Wow, I don't think I've ever been asked that question. Um, it reminds me of a, of a song that I love by um, a band called The War on Drugs that, that goes something along the lines of, I resist what I cannot change. And um, for me, one of the things that is so beautiful about St. Louis is that it is open for change. And um, I, I, uh, you know, maybe, maybe I, maybe I see some things that that might be able to be thought of or looked at differently because I come from another place. I think in in one of the insights that that we've often reflected on is that so many folks that have inherited St. Louis and become STL made but weren't brought up here. Right. do see St. Louis as an extraordinary opportunity. And we are complicated. We, we, we have a history. Um, it isn't straightforward. There are frustrations that seem like we do keep stubbing our toe or tripping over. But, um, you know, those of us that have come in, I mean, I, I, I grew up in London. I mean, you know, you... Which is just a big Soulard. <laughs> really big Soulard. <laughs> really big Soulard. You know, a bigger train. <laughs> yeah, much more trains. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the great thing is is that the, um, in St. Louis, whoever you are, if you want one, you can have a voice. Yeah, that's true. That is true. That, you, look, you, you nailed it, and we're, we'll roll out on that, but I'm going to take that a step further. Everybody has a voice in this town. It's really easy. It's, access, it's accessible to be able to do it. We just need more people saying little things. Yeah. Add up the little things as opposed to saying nothing. Yeah. You know, and I think what you guys did is you 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 you, you took the gloves off and I think given I- enterprise and worldwide tech and kind of the mindsets of the people that run those organizations including yourself. Thank like, God it was soccer for me selfishly. <laughs> yeah. No, well, but because I, if but, it was some other platform I wouldn't even be aware. I mean, thank God. No, it, well, it just makes sense because it is the world's greatest most popular sport period right yeah it is the most culturally relevant sport there is and yeah, it's a know. great it's a great tool because i mean we we launched counter public at the soccer club nice you know we launched the the some of the music folks that come through gaslight they yeah. get another opportunity to to to, to, to be seen in Little mastermind yeah. right or ben hockman's uh shakespeare yeah. thing. there you go that was that was a, that was a wicked too yeah yeah there's a good plug there mr hockman <laughs> <laughs> Dude, this this was awesome. Really appreciate you coming. Thank you, gentlemen. Us, man. I appreciate thank you so much, Lee. We will do it, it again. I'm gonna roll us out here with a little Tom York, as you're probably well oh, aware yeah. of, right? You like that? Uh, this has been brilliant. Uh, it, what, what best place? So, uh, uh, STL made. Where where do you want people to go check stuff out? Counterpublic or um, counterpublic.org. Be great, great for for you to check that out. Um, obviously, come to the city pavilion because um, the holidays are here, and there are some wicked cool merch in the store. Um, I have to say, completely randomly, I went to a new venue the other day that the fashion um, industry hired for the evening, and it was a fashion show called Tribute, and it was at something called the Hawthorne. Oh, oh yeah, on Washington. Dang, that is a wicked cool space. Yeah, 
I was just uh, invited to a concert there in yeah. February. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go back there. That's really, really fun. And then the last place that, that you're saying is happening, 21C. Um, that's a hotel that's about yeah, a yeah, click yeah. south uh, north of, of where we are right now. Yeah. They're blowing up the Instagram right now because they've got some crazy um, interior designing stuff yes. going on and they're a big art, art town, I mean, uh, art hotel. But um, that's also another great place to have a drink. I mean, art hotels, what is that now? Like our seventh or eighth in the last seven or eight years? Probably, probably. <laughs> I yeah. mean, they're popping up left Seriously, and right. Yeah, yeah. Love it. Uh, I have a feeling it's all because some London dude moved to town. Everybody's like, I want to be like him. Touche. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> Lee, thanks, man. Thank we'll, you. We'll definitely have you back anytime, man. Love, Appreciate it. Love to hear more and get, stay up to date. Yeah. Uh, you two jokers, thanks for uh, joining yet again. Uh, we're going to walk out of here with Tom York, and then we're going to go get our kids from training. See you next time. Bye.